Greetings, children, and dare you step inside the vegan abattoir. I'm Kevin Smith. And I'm Harley Quinn Smith. Um, we're back. We did it <laughs> once. We're doing it again, man. Um, I, if you're listening and you're like, Jesus, Harley's being awfully circumspect in the first 30 <laughs> seconds, is because Harley listened to episode one and she was like, I don't like what I sound like. Well, you imitating me like that doesn't <laughs> assist in my insecurity what is the uh what is what was your take on the first episode i loved it and then i gave it to jennifer to listen to and she loved it but naturally you know we're fans of you mm-hmm. and she's also somewhat of a fan of me your mother and so kind of. in listening to it she was like oh my god like she made you like she you know, had an ear for the real important thing. She's like, oh my God, she legit made you laugh. I was like, I know. She was funny. And she said, what's her issue with it? And I said, she doesn't like the sound of her voice. I just, I'm not used to it. I I hate the sound of my voice. I think most people, not including you, hate the sound of their voice. I love the sound of my voice Uh, now. I've gotten into a place, well, after 12 years of podcasting, I've got it, you know, I can control it like a fucking instrument, like a, not quite like a Stradivarius, but the way like a violinist controls their bow and string and whatnot. Now I'm, I'm kind of. Uh, That's your, what you're comparing the violin to your vocal cords? To my vocal cords. I've learned how to use them. You go listen to like early Kevin Smith podcast, something you probably won't do until I drop dead one day. And you're like, I missed it. What was he like? And Holy shit. Last podcast. Why do you have to do that? You'll hear a way different version of me you showed me one thing recently where i'm from like the, hi yeah fucking mickey mouse <laughs> i know your voice is super high it's really funny we took care of that and also just listening to myself podcast for like 12 years and i told hartley that i was like you know if you don't like your voice podcasting is the way to change it because i didn't like my voice when i first started and now i like now i dig it your voice sounded insecure in the in really? the ne- yeah, that's, is that how it read to you? That's how. Hello, welcome to yeah. podcast. I think That's what I. That's what I told Austin is that you sounded, you sounded insecure. And where? What? What is this? When I interviewed Mom for KTLA? No, when you, um, the thing with Ben, where you kiss Ben. Oh, in the MTV yeah movie awards. It's like know. you're you're self conscious or something. Yeah, well, that and never now, went away. I'm still self-conscious. Yeah, but now your voice is like, hello, I'm here and I'm confident and I'm going to speak for the next five hours straight without interruption. <laughs> well, you know, the difference, too, is in this room, <laughs> hmm, um, the idea of the podcast here, Vegan Abattoir, um, <laughs> is to showcase that complete lack of erudition. Like, I'm plant-based, but I don't know fuck all about it, that kind of thing. <laughs> so that's why we gather together. But the kid, you were three years before I became vegan. I wrote down my vegan anniversary somewhere. Is there such a thing? I I know when mine is. It's very closely tied to my heart attack. So I'll never forget it. Is Oh, here we go. My vegetarian anniversary is August 22nd, 2015. My vegan anniversary is April 30th, 2016. So I just had my my four-year vegan anniversary. Four years. So I'm sorry. Let's track back. Vegetarian first? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I see. What? I, I Somebody s- needed a little convincing. 
I, that's not a lie. Face. It's not a secret. I, I I'm just good. saying, when I took the plunge, I didn't go halfway. Well, it was like, well, I still have my, my cheese. You know, my cheese will keep me warm. I today. didn't die. I almost didn't. I, I didn't almost have a near death experience. So good there, point. there is that aspect. I came to good it. Point. I was like, fuck the cheese. I want to live. I want to live. <laughs> I came to it on my own accord. And <laughs> let me tell you something. For those people out there who are like, man, I could never be fucking plant based like you two fucking dorks because. Number one, cheese rocks. I got news for you, man. They fucking, they pretty much nailed cheese on this side, too. I had my, the creator of my show. Yeah. Called me the other day. Creator of what show? The creator of my show, Cruel Summer. Which has changed titles. Yes, it used to be called Last Summer. It is now called Cruel Summer, like and the Bananarama song. Freeform show? It is a freeform show. Um, which you've done a pilot for, but you haven't started shooting the series yet because... I, I don't know if anyone's been paying attention, but there was a bug going around. <laughs> yes. So, yes, the whole world got shut down, so you didn't get to go shoot the rest of it. But it is a show. So you're it talking about the creator of that show. Yes, the what creator about of that show. Um, the creator of the show. Hardcore his, vegan? His name is Bert. No, he's not a hardcore vegan, but he's a lovely man. <laughs> motherfuckers in your life ain't hardcore vegans? He's a lovely man. You know, no one else in the house is a hardcore vegan. <laughs> yeah. You're the only one. Yeah, I'm the only hardcore vegan with you. Yeah, with me. Yeah, yeah, But I mean, Thank nobody you. else of the other people in the house. No, no, no. Nan and Pop are real fucking like, eh, we eat cheese. Everyone else is a vegetarian or a pescatarian. Weak sauce, but, pussy ass Okay. <laughs> okay. I know that's your grandparents, but fucking commit. <laughs> yeah, please. Get off the fucking fence. That's my grandparents you're speaking Still. about. <laughs> Austin. Well, no, I'll say the, I'll say the other thing first. Um, Bert called me on the phone the other day mm. and he was like, my doctor told me I had to, hi Bert. Yeah. Hi Bert. <laughs> he said I had to give up. Um, I'm sorry. Let's put, put, do you know who that is? Hi Bert. Somebody from like a, is it Kermit the frog? Oh my God. <laughs> it sounds like your generation is fucking lost. <laughs> That's sounds... fucking Ernie and Bert. Hi Bert. Okay. Well, that's not, it sounds a little bit like do Kermit the frog. Do you even know who Bert and Ernie are? Hmm. It's not really part of your, you were more of an Elmo kid. Was I? I find Elmo quite fucking, creepy. What? You were all about, you know how many times I had to watch fucking that one Elmo special that had John Stewart in it? <laughs> Wait, John Stewart was Elmo Palooza, it was called. Yeah. yeah. And he was in it. And I remember when I did the, the Daily Show a long time ago, I was I did a whole thing about like, oh my God, fucking, I watch you every day on Elmo Palooza with the kids. <laughs> you were a huge Elmo fan. But yeah, so you Elmo wouldn't even know Palooza. the Ernie Herbert reference. No. Are they puppets? Are they people? Oh, my God. They're <laughs> puppets. They're, they're not puppets. I they're thought... fucking Muppets, lady. <laughs> the puppets are puppets. No, that's what I was saying. So I wasn't that wrong. They're from Sesame Street. Yeah, I was going to say Sesame Street. But you then were not I... like you were. I mean, you did watch Sesame Street just for Elmo, but they would start making Elmo compilation DVDs. So you could pretty much skip the Sesame Street of it. But Elmo is Elmo's a Sesame Street character. Creepy. You Wait, fucking what? loved Elmo. Loved him. Wanted to marry Elmo. Watched Elmo <laughs> Palooza so many times. To hear you now be like, creepy puppet. <laughs> Number one, not creepy. Number two, not a puppet. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But um, how strange that like, yeah, I guess fucking Sesame Street didn't click with you. Because you had more options when we were kids. Like, you know, it's fucking Sesame Street or staring at the wall. <laughs> You had like Disney Channel, fucking, you know, all their options and a, a cable by that point. And then slowly the burgeoning internet 
So I guess it makes sense. To <gasps> fucking, do you want to know something crazy? I would love to. Do you remember Fuck the? Yeah, the <laughs> do you remember the Wonder Pets? Yeah. Was it? I, the phone is ringing. Yeah, yeah. I used to love that show so yeah. much, and um, like Nana still sings that song yeah. sometimes. She still the lyrics. Um, Austin was a voice on it one time. You are shitting me. He played a monkey. Isn't that crazy? My boyfriend Austin was, was on a show that, that you watched. I watched as a child. That's weird. Isn't that weird? Did you ever watch the episode and be like, I like the monkey. I don't know why. The monkey <laughs> makes me feel funny. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so weird. <laughs> um, he showed it to me recently though. Why? He was just like, you want to see my fucking impressive resume? <laughs> Check this shit out. I was a wonder pets. I, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, I don't shudder. know. I was quite impressed. That is uh, crazy ironic. How, how strange. That's not at all what I was trying to say in the first place though. So Bert. <laughs> um called me and now i know who that is thank you so much Um, (laughs) just trying to make you sharp and ready for the real world (laughs) um he called me and was like my doctor told me i had to go dairy free oh you're like you're talking to the right person i was like hello but he was like vegan cheese has really improved it really has and i was like yeah it's not so bad anymore and he was like in the past five years it tastes like a totally different thing. Yeah. There's some, I mean, look, they got ricotta down to a science. Yeah. Like you don't even, you can't tell the difference between fucking dairy ricotta and cashew ricotta now. It's really fucking tight. Some shit, you know, like I got a cheddar dip, which was amazing. Tasted like fucking pub cheese, as we Where? used to say. From uh, Besties, Besties Vegan Paradise. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, they, they could, yeah. They, they, they're doing well with cheese they're doing quite well you're done with your bird story bye bird yes bye bird but now i have a new story Ooh, an- another bird story or to austin to austin back to austin back ladies to austin. and gentlemen uh fuck veganism <laughs> this is called the austin abattoir i just want to talk about my boyfriend we do is talk about <laughs> did you know him was one time what you bet you like I a monkey i think that's extremely exciting um, that is crazy it's crazy small world it's a very small world had he seen anything you'd been in prior to meeting you no do you want to know something? I do now. He motherfuckers been sitting in my house rent free, and I find out he didn't fucking watch any of my work before you. He did not watch any. He didn't. He didn't know who you were. To me, I was pretty stoked. You like that? Oh, I was so stoked. Why? Are you kidding me? Because my whole fucking life <laughs> has been about trying to make people know who I am, okay. so we could live but so in a ma- certain way and eat these fancy vegan cheeses that, that cost so much. But money. sometimes, yes. In my life, people yes. come into my life who I think are there with good intentions, who are there with bad intentions are you shit? to take advantage of me. Yeah. When? I mean, I'm not going to name them on the podcast. All the fucking time, man. Do you, of all the texts and messages I receive that are like, hey, can you ask your dad this? Hey, can you tell your dad this for me? Hey, can you give your dad this for me? You and don't I'm, pass that shit on? No, I fucking say no. <laughs> I'm Why? like, what are they asking, asking like, your fucking self. You tell them Merry Christmas. You're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eat your holiday yeah, greens. Exactly. Get your own fucking father. Precisely. What? Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. All I, the fucking time. But why? Like, I'm old. And most people in your generation would be like Austin, who wouldn't know who I was, I'd assume. I mean, a, a lot of people, a lot of people do know who you are. But Austin did. But Austin didn't. What about his and parents? I loved it. Um, what about his sister? I don't think. Uh, his brother-in-law did. I don't think the rest of his family really did. 
this just tells me I'm not working hard enough. <laughs> not enough penetration okay, out there. Well, How old is this kid? Austin's 24. We'll be 25 in August. Got to work on my... What, what is he? Is he a millennial or a Gen Z? -er? I'm Gen Z, so he's a millennial. Got to work on my fucking millennials. Yeah, I guess so. Um, wow, man. Um, not wow. That, oh, wow. He didn't know me. Uh, but wow that you were like, I'm so glad he didn't know you because like, oh, fuck I was, dad. I was, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not what I said. What? Uh, so you were just delighted because you're like, this motherfucker not going to try to get something out of me. Yeah. I, I find it fucking shocking that anyone tries to get anything out of you. And do you Paul, have to sit him down and be like, bro, you might want to fucking like, you know, Lily Rose, her dad's very successful. Don't fucking bug her. <laughs> I've, My dad's the guy that made fucking mall chicken or whatever the fuck. Mall chicken? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that'd be a beautiful alternative to mall rats. What if it mall was chicken. like, what if it was just a mall filled with chickens and they were all walking around doing stuff? Like, basically what happens in the year 2020, <laughs> malls have come to no good. No one will shop anymore. And there's a chicken surplus because of all the veganism. So can you do that? Ball chicken. Can you make it? <laughs> They're going into the Spencers. Get them out of there. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be awesome. They're wearing the My Chem t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so awesome. <laughs> I'd watch it in a heartbeat. Come 2020. Ball chicken. <laughs> Wonder pets too. Mall chicken. The phone is ringing. Co-starring Austin Zager. I don't know. Is it Zager or Zager? It's a Zager. So, if I had to rhyme it in a rap of some sort, Major Zager. Just say Zager. Zager Major. No, Major is too hard. So it'd be like something has to go with Asia. Does anything? Zager. I bet you we Taser. No. I'll Taser. Ass. You'd have to add another word. Hey. Hey, Austin Zazier, I'll tase your ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, wow. that's the beginning of your love rap. Planning it now. <laughs> <laughs> so on on Disney Plus. Welcome um, to the, the Austin area. Yes, now we're back to Austin. Um, Part of the show. My favorite topic. <laughs> the Zazier. The Zazier. Zazier zone. Ooh. Try saying that. Look at her. She just went, ooh, that's my next podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zazu Zone. Um, I've been talking about my Anyways, okay. So continuing with my thought, um, yeah. Austin and I last night started watching a show called Sharks of Lost Island, which was a crazy show, by the way. Sharks of Lost Island? Yeah. It's about this uh, this little chain of islands. It's a documentary show? Yes. Okay. On Nat Geo. Um, so it's not like fucking. It has nothing. This to shark's do with name Herbie, and he talks like this. <laughs> no, I sure wish these people no. get out of my reef. No, <laughs> um, it's a it's a show about a chain of islands off of the coast of New Zealand, mm -hmm. and it's supposed to like there's haunted. No, that'd be oh that'd be pretty cool, yeah, like a yeah. haunted island. No, it it was. Um, it's this island on one of the islands. There's like a population of 60 people. Yeah. But then on some of the other islands there, it's, there's nobody there. There's no humans. Um, so it's supposed to be really untouched and beautiful and healthy. And there's like this insanely healthy coral, which doesn't really exist in any, in many other places, stuff like that. But then, and this was very upsetting and very dark and made me pretty sad. Pirates. Um, 
That would yo be cool. Ho, yo ho, ho, <laughs> that would be cool. Um, this man who was exploring the island by himself found like a trail of 150 dead birds all in a line on on the coast like on the shore it was insane left as a message of some sort no, no it was because there was an invasive plant species which like made them it they, they couldn't move the no they couldn't move it like was this gooey thing that got on them and then they couldn't move so they all just died in a straight line on the shore it was so fucked up but it this was, was on disney it was it's on disney plus <laughs> and it, but it was really shocking um but okay so there were people in the water exploring the waters and they were having a dope time and there were so many sharks and it was really cool and sharks are an indicator of a really healthy environment Is that right? and there were a shit ton of sharks yeah but then it kept cutting between them and then like this man having the worst fucking time on the island alone by himself. And so after he found the trail of like 150 to 200 dead birds, he turned the corner and it was just like a land of trash. And it's crazy because it's an island in the middle of the fucking ocean. No humans, but it's all the trash that has just washed up from the ocean. And it's so depressing. And it's it just it it's so disappointing because it's supposed to be this magical island that is untouched by humans and yet it's still managed to be touched by humans not just indirectly but so yeah i'm waiting for the austin, austin there it is, there it a is. pescatarian uh -huh. um the show touched a little bit on on like fishing and mm -hmm. mass fishing compared to like uh very small local fisheries and stuff like that mm -hmm. and austin was watching it and he was like making comments about how sad it was and i was like well you know like fish you're part of the problem bro <laughs> kind of but in a nice way and right. he was like yeah i know i'm already thinking that harley and i was just like oh interesting so <laughs> he is maybe gonna consider it slip fish out of there mm -hmm. one step closer the island of lost sharks or whatever it's called it's the lost island of what is it called sharks of lost island really opened his eyes <laughs> um and all the fucking uh like hey man go fucking vegan probably wouldn't have done it it's seeing something no really. yeah because i tried to talk about it and he was like i don't want to talk about it. yeah he was basically like i already know we don't need to talk about it and so oh, really i'm gonna go have a, a talk with this young no guy. Like, my daughter wants to talk about vegan <laughs> yeah, she, you will fucking listen that's true <laughs> no he i mean he's always super super now he's super nice and respectful about it and always listens to my point of view and stuff but it's because he like in that moment felt that guilt that a lot of people feel before making the change to go vegetarian or vegan and he didn't need me to give him more information because he was seeing incredibly disturbing images in front of his eyes. Which already. wasn't even your intent. You're like, this by shark. No, we just thought it would like, be oh like a shark God. week ass type of thing. <laughs> That's what we like to fall asleep to. So documentaries. Yeah. So quick glance at the yeah. vegan news. Thrillist reports that Dairy Queen has unveiled a vegan dilly bar. Its oh. first vegan soft serve option. When we were kids, my mom and my dad would take me and my brother and my sister to Dairy Queen to get Dilly Bars. And that was like a big fucking deal. Dilly like Bars? A, yeah. I know for you, it's like, this is the 23rd consecutive day I have not been able to go to Disneyland, father. 
Look when I was a kid, it was okay, like, I this is I the Dilly said Bar. I was sad. It represents your birthday, Christmas, and the birthday after that. This Dilly Bar is a three-holiday Dilly Bar. That's really funny. <laughs> it cost us 99 cents, so you're going to enjoy it. And lick the stick. Make sure you get all the chocolate on there. Um, so when I see that, I think of my old man and shit. I wonder what my old man would say if I was just like, I'm vegan. He'd be like, what? Yeah, he'd probably have some questions. He was a meat eater. I mean, he was a more of a fish guy. A fish guy? Yeah, he's a he's a like, like Austin. Like Austin? Yes. <laughs> I feel Fuck. like this is sad because um, we're providing news that I can't even explain. <laughs> which brings us to the part of the show where we get to (laughs) shunt off the responsibility of knowing about a a field that we claim to enjoy being a part of and i do i like being vegan and stuff but i'm no expert that's why we created the show so when people ask me shit i'm like no but we have reframed it we have I, which we should, should we explain now? Sure, run as your show. You do whatever you it's, want. Okay, so I've personally Freeform, reframed it. It's like it. jazz. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's more about just... the notes between the notes. Oh, of course. The wrong notes? There are so no wrong just notes. <laughs> go. Um, and you don't know much about music. Let me tell you a thing or two. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> How are you reframing it? I okay. I don't like the old show. I don't like it. No, I don't. Okay, here, here, here's the new. Okay. Okay, so clearly we on this show, <laughs> the new one. We talk about Austin. Yes, that's the show, that's... old man. So you get smart about I'm gonna Austin. Leave. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna leave the office. <laughs> uh, what is the new show? Tell him. Okay, so before. Don't dilly bar. Dilly Dally. Oh, never would vegan, I. Unless it's a vegan. Unless dilly. it's a vegan. <laughs> Coming soon to Dairy Queens near you. Um, may I speak? Yeah. Thanks. Um, so before we were going to take questions from the audience that yeah. I would then take to an expert. Yes. However, I have now decided that I, I have <laughs> that I will be having a a much more like casual open flowing conversation with an expert on a topic Uh um that you know they're an expert at um and it'll be my questions and then when people have questions like when when we turn to the internet for some questions then we can answer them but i don't i um you don't want to go talk to these people be like um Judy Holiday, yeah. Chicago, <laughs> Illinois. Yeah, that's not what am vegan. I think it will be better this way. I um, think it'll be good. Beauty podcasting is you, you ain't okay. Ain't a boss here. You and You're I, the boss. You and I are so different. We're so set. We're so similar in yeah. every way except I was for this. Say, if you and I are fucking, I've different. realized you are much more nonchalant, laissez-faire yes. <laughs> around the podcast and i see it like a mathematical equation, equation. <laughs> of which i'm like okay you edit it and then we'll have a conversation about it and then for the i'll wait until you finish this and then i'll start the next yeah, one and i'm like no nah, man let's just play <laughs> it's about the notes between the notes baby <laughs> so we're just <laughs> we're gonna have to figure that out <laughs> um so really the only big change here is that we're not the like the promised like we're going to take your questions to the expert. You're just going to have a mm-hmm. conversation with some people. Maybe we should answer the questions in the first part. 
of the show. Like in this, like instead in the, of all this rambling, yeah. fucking like Boston talk. Yeah, no, I think the audience I, would agree there. Like, fuck yeah, we came to hear about veganism. Instead, we're hearing about fucking Austin how he's wonder pets, which. To be fair, kind of metal. <laughs> Pretty great. Especially if you play the monkey. Um, should I? Should we answer some questions? You got some that I had from the, these are from like a month ago. <laughs> fair enough. If I can help in any way, shape, or form, I live to serve. Let's answer one because let's try one and see how it goes. Okay. Jordan M asks, "How does veganism affect your health if you're middle aged?" That sounds like a made up question. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so made up. And it sounds like it was made up to to put to me because I'm a middle aged. <laughs> I feel like you made this up just so I could feel like I'm a part of I these did, things. Just so you can. Fair enough. You can. <laughs> now I feel like I can answer it expertly. Well, I'm middle aged, and it's affected me uh, very positively. Uh, but you know, you've probably heard my story. If you're listening to this, you've probably heard me blab about how going plant-based going green uh you know uh, made the difference saved my life killed my cholesterol well cut it way the fuck down but don't trust me as a middle-aged man let's ask another middle-aged man one who's also a devoted uh vegan um and went like late in life went plant-based well maybe not late in life but like it was after some i think it was late in life. you know what we'll just ask him um <laughs> Uh, I was on his podcast uh, last year, uh, Rich Roll, who is absolutely uh, wonderful, plant-based, plant-powered, um, is absolute Zen individual, uh, wonderful, uh, uh, God's noble man. Wow! Yeah, oh, That's he's just—he's really he's so Zen. So um, let's ask him. Hey, man, it's me, Kevin Smith. Would you like to wake and bake with me like three times a week? Uh, would you like to hear me talk to my wife about intimate details about our personal life, which in 21 years of being married ain't really all that exciting anymore? Would you like to hear all the old episodes of Fat Man on Batman, where I used to sit down and record one-on-one interviews with people and stuff? Uh, do you want to listen to old episodes of Jane Silent Bob Get Old? There's one place where you got to go, man. Join me at That Kevin Smith Club. That's right. If you go to thatkevinsmithclub.com, you can join as a clerk or a mall rat or a yoga hoser or a fun employee, man. There's all different levels. Uh, but you get access to really cool stuff, including cartoons nobody sees anymore, uh, stand-up specials nobody's ever seen, movies people don't get to see anymore. It's all right there in the Smithsonian screening room, man. And the uh, podcast library is deep, kids. It's deep, man, except for Hollywood Babylon. That's available over at the Ralph Report. So, but everything else, come to thatkevinsmithclub.com, man. And we want to club you. Don't you want to club Kevin Smith? Here's your chance, thatkevinsmithclub.com. Rich, thank you for taking the time uh, to come on Vegan Abattoir. I have been on your show once before, and then me and Harley got to do it uh, recently. And as I said on your show, and I'll say it here on this show, and I probably said it, in the intro before we brought on the interview part. Um, that episode that I did with you, Rich Roll Podcast, followed me everywhere. There's only one other thing I can think of in recent memory that had as much durability and play that kept going where I was like, really? I, I did a thing for, there's a TV show on Netflix called uh, Storybots. 
And one day they were like, do you got time? A friend of mine was like, do you got time to come and put on a cape and pretend to be a guy? Do you got to talk to some characters oh, that aren't yeah. there? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I went and did story bots with the guys that do jib jab online. And, you know, it took me like I was there for like a half an hour and stuff like that. And I talked to characters that weren't there. They're like, we're going to put these little guys and they're asking you questions. And it's all about green screen. It's to explain flying. And it's kind of like a Sesame Street show. Did it. Forgot about it. Then it came out. And I swear to you, not a week of my life goes by without somebody <laughs> being like, oh, my God, you are my kid's favorite. You are super <laughs> mega ultra awesome guy. And yeah. I was like, I was in three <laughs> minutes of that sketch. I have a whole body of work. Had you not heard of Mallrats? Oh my so God, I didn't know side by side with StoryBots <laughs> has been your podcast where no matter where I go in life, not a week has gone by since that's come out where people are like, I heard you on the Rich Roll podcast, man. Like, I don't want I don't want to blow you up here, but like the only other podcast that I get that much feedback on is Rogan. Well, Rogan. When I do Joe Rogan, they're like, oh my. fold on that. But, but that's, I, but you're yeah. in the same like arena. There's no other podcast that I ever do where people are like, oh, I've heard you on that. It's usually my podcast or Joe or now Rich wow. Roll. That's why I was like, when Harley was like, we're doing a podcast. I was like, it's about veganism. We have to get on Rich's podcast. I'm having this weird, uh, uh, mishmash of emotions right now, like <laughs> extreme discomfort. <laughs> you like, I'm a host. Receive that. I don't want. It. Also, I don't want to like, be spoken at. Will you follow me around all the time? <laughs> just repeat that. You know, when just I'm interviewing right? anyone. Yeah. Exactly. How for the audience? How long have you been doing the podcast? Now I'm going to take you through the basics of your stuff. How long have you been doing the podcast? Started the podcast at the end of 2012, so like seven and a half, coming up on eight years. And how hmm. long you've been vegan prior to that? Uh, went vegan when I turned 40 and 53. So, 13 so you were late years. in life like myself. Yeah. yeah the yeah. two of us were did like it, old men. It, she was a young. When youngster. I turned 40. What, what prompted your switch? Mine, of course, was the heart attack. Harley's was compassion for animals. What was the trigger that made you go, you know what? I'm going green. It was, it was health concerns and vanity, to be honest with you. Why I, vanity? I'd been an athlete in college and then. I had struggles with drugs and alcohol. I ended up in rehab. I got sober. And in my sobriety journey, I started to kind of um, blaze this more spiritual path of living. But mm -hmm. I overlooked my diet and my fitness. Like I stopped working out. Mm -hmm. I stopped taking care of myself. I was so intent on like rebuilding my life and repairing all the stuff that I'd fucked up mm -hmm. that I was just headlong into my work. I was a lawyer at the time. So when I was 39, like about to turn 40, I was 50 pounds overweight and just lazy fast food addict, you know, hitting the, the drive throughs on the way home from working late all the time and had a health scare just walking up a simple flight of stairs to go to bed one night where I just I couldn't I had to like take a break walking up the mm -hmm. stairs like sweat on the brow. Yeah. Winded, you know, kind of buckled over some tightness in my chest. And I have heart disease in my family, too. My mm -hmm. grandfather, who I'm named after who had been a champion swimmer, captain the University of Michigan swim team, Olympic hopeful, American record holder, died at 54 of a heart attack. Oh, good God. Even though he never smoked, he wow. was never overweight. So I'm, about to, I'm about to turn 54. Yeah, so wow. that was a very frightening moment, and I realized that I needed to make some changes. And, and like yourself, I made them pretty drastically. I mean, it wasn't overnight, but mm -hmm. there was an urgency to it. And that was the beginning of me exploring – 
not initially vegan, but different kinds of diets before figuring out like, oh, this plant-based thing is actually the one thing that's really working. Mm -hmm. And over the 13 years of living this lifestyle, it started from like, I just don't want to be fat and I don't want to die to, wow, like look at the environmental impact of the food choices we make. And like, why are all these animals being treated this way? Like my horizon and my aperture has broadened tremendously, but that wasn't my starting point. Compassion wasn't a part of it for you in the beginning. No, no. Like animals, Uh -uh. that came. So when does it occur to you in your vegan life? Like her journey begins with uh, compassion. When do you, when are you outside the complex enough where you're like, oh crap, it's weird. Yeah, it took a while. You know, I was very uncomfortable with the ethical conversation around Mm -hmm. food choice and lifestyle for quite a while. And I remember, I think I'd been plant-based for three or four years and I was um, I distinguished myself as this ultra endurance athlete like that was kind of like how I became somebody that people knew about because I went and did this all these crazy races and PETA wanted to do a story on me. So they brought a film crew to my house and I remember thinking like how's this going to go like we had this big cowhide rug and like a leather couch <laughs> like, do we have to hide place. this yeah <laughs> we have to like get rid of like, this and like you sir are an yeah. animal and they throw red paint on <laughs> And I and I was nervous and kind of terrified at being judged because my association with the ethical um, movement of veganism was around judgment. Yeah. And Lisa Lange came and we had a delightful conversation. And I asked her these questions. I was like, what should we do with these things? Like, what about the leather belt that I've had for 15 years? Do I need to throw that out? Can I keep that? Should I give that away? Like, what's the ethical response? And she was very kind and not judgmental. And she's like, it's a personal thing. Like maybe, you know, for, for everybody, it's different. Maybe the best way to, to honor whatever animal gave its life for that rug is for you to keep it. I can't tell you what to do. Or maybe it's to give it away. You know, you have to make mm-hmm. that choice for yourself. And I think just having that conversation and then developing a relationship that turned into a friendship with Lisa was the beginning point for me of realizing like, oh, there's a lot to learn here. And here's Here's a person that I feel safe with that can help me begin this process. And it just started from there. I think that's so important to have that person, too. I got to be that person for my dad, but my best friend got to be that person for me. And because it is so complicated and I personally also didn't understand and I still am learning about is this right? Is it okay to have this? Is it okay to wear this? And it Mm -hmm. took me a really long time from making my diet vegan to then realizing, oh, I shouldn't wear leather and I shouldn't wear suede if these are my, if these are my morals and these are my ethics, these actions don't really match up with the way that I feel and like making sure that all my cosmetics were cruelty free and everything like that. And I think it is a really complicated process that is really kind of individual to each person. And I think it is really important to have somebody there that you can ask and not fear judgment. Yeah, I think it's a it's it's an evolution for everybody. And Mm -hmm. there's this idea, this myth that there are certain people that get struck vegan or they're born vegan and they've done it perfectly from minute one. And that mm-hmm. I have yet to meet that person. You mm-hmm. know yeah, what I mean? Me too. So we all need to check ourselves a little bit. You yeah. Know, <laughs> stop, you know, like let's, let's, let's work on ourselves and understand that, 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 um, that this is an evolution for everybody. You know, Gene Bauer 
from Farm mm-hmm. Sanctuary said to me one time, you know, it's an aspirational lifestyle. Like we're all aspiring to be better. It's not about being yeah. perfect or holding ourselves to some standard that we can't live up to. Like we're just trying to make better choices every day that are just a little bit more compassionate, um, a little bit more, you know, sustainable. And we have to allow space for people to enter that yeah. and feel okay about that without feeling shunned or like they have to adhere to some standard or stricture that is just impossible or too intimidating. I now, ta- wait a second. Yeah. You talked about being a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So when does the podcast happen and why? So I uh, I was a lawyer. I graduated from law school in 94. I was a lawyer for many, many years. Um, at 40, make this decision like I need to really reprioritize how I'm living my life. And this was very a very slow evolution. It began mm-hmm. with playing around with with nutrition, ended up plant based. You know, six or nine months later, um, started to learn more about what that was like. And as I started to feel better in my body, I suddenly had all this energy, and I wanted to get fit again. I wanted to experience what it felt like when I was a young person, and I got so much joy out of that. And I'd lost sight of that, so I started to reconnect with that aspect of who I am, and. I was able to lose all that weight really quickly. And it seemed like every week that went by, I was getting stronger and stronger and stronger in a way that I couldn't remember, even when I was competing as a swimmer at a very high level. Uh, and I thought, I'm 40. Like, what would, be, what would it be like to, like, challenge myself? Like, I want to try something hard. And that's what got me interested in this world of ultra-endurance sports. Mm. And I ended up doing this race called Ultraman, which is like a three-day double Ironman race. It's like a, you go all the way around wow. the big island over three days. And then I did this thing a couple like of years swimming, later. Biking, yeah, running. you did. It's a three-day race. First day, six-mile swim, 90-mile bike. Ugh. You go to bed. You wake up the next day. <laughs> you race your bike 170 miles. <laughs> Holy shit. And then the third day, you run 52.4 miles, a double marathon. Um, you go all the way around the big island. At what, how long have you been vegan when you did that? So I was vegan. Let's see. The first time I did that race was 2008, and I was 42. So it was about two and a half years after I went vegan. So it's your time. Um, yeah. You You'll time see me show. at the next Iron Man. <laughs> I'll, I'll, be, I'll be at um, Iron Man 4 when they make that, but that's the only Iron Man you'll ever see me at. So – and then I did that race again in 2009. I did quite well in that race. And then the year after, I did this thing where I did five Ironmans on all five Hawaiian islands. And just over the idea was to do it in five days. It was a little bit longer. And nobody had ever done that before. I did it with a friend of mine. You're making me um, sweat so that, just talking about so it. This, where I'm like, I'm, I'm trying five to, islands? This is a very Kevin Smith way of answering the question because I'm, I'm doing it the long way, but I'm going to get there. So uh, that led to some media interest because people were like, wait, you're, you're how old and you're a lawyer and you're doing these crazy, like, how does that work? And you're vegan. Like you do this without eating any meat. Now there's lots of vegan athletes. There's movies like game changers. People are aware Mm -hmm. that you can be a competitive athlete, Mm -hmm. um, without eating animal products. Uh, at the time there weren't very many of us or they, we weren't just that well known. So people were interested in that. So I started telling that story then that led to me having the opportunity to write a book. So I wrote this book called Finding Ultra. It's kind of a memoir, and I, I tell this whole story, and that book did quite well, and I pushed it out into the world. And when that book – when I kind of finished the book tour, I thought, well, what's next? And that's when I thought about podcasting. I'd been a fan, like I said, you know, in the podcast that we just did. I'd been a fan for so long. And when I was training for these crazy races, I would have to go out and, like, 
do a six hour run or like mm. an eight hour bike ride. Mm. And, you know, you can't listen to music the whole time. So and and there's audiobooks weren't quite a big thing then. And I fell in love with podcasting. And so your dad kept me kept me company for many, many mm. hours of that training. So wow. so even though like when I did those Ultraman races, like you were part of that training, very much so. In, in some a very, small in a way, very I was real there. way. You were there. I love when um, shit involves me, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> definitely did. <laughs> when it comes back to me. And I think because wow. I'd listened to hundreds of, and and at the time, um, Harley, you may not know this, but this is pre-iPhone. Like, if you wanted to listen to a podcast, it was work. you had to you had to you had to do some work for yeah. it. Like, you had to download your it on way. your laptop. Yeah. You had to bounce it to your iPod. Wow. You had to make a playlist. You yeah. had to be like like prepared. Right? Um, but I'd been listening like to so was, many hours. Your personality, though, what? sounds perfect for downloading podcasts <laughs> because <laughs> it's methodical. It's right. like I have to commit this There's time to it. <laughs> you're the ultra downloader. Right. <laughs> so I'd make these playlists. Like here's nine hours of podcasting. This will this will get me through my training for the day, and uh, and so um, so I felt like I had a sense for the medium. And at the at so in two, late 2012. The idea occurred to me, like, well, maybe I could contribute to this. Like, there were some interesting shows in the health and wellness category, but not a lot. What you know, it was Kevin, it was Adam Carolla, it was Joe Rogan, some com- a lot of comedians mm-hmm. basically, you know, monopolized the platform at the time, and it was wide open in all the other categories. And so I just took a stab at it, not knowing whether I would do a second episode. It was super fun, and thought this is cool. Like I'm into it. And it just kind of started that way. It wasn't like some big plan. Second episode the week after I did the next day. I was like, this is so good. Have you stayed consistent (laughs) since the beginning? So since the beginning, um, in the beginning, trying to figure out like how we were going to do it. I think I did like maybe three in the first week. And I thought that's cool, but there's no way I'm going to be able to maintain that. So we went to one a week, did that for several years. And now we're at, um, we do. I, so I, I publish every Sunday night and every other Thursday. Hmm. Um, so we're doing six a month. Oh wow! I haven't missed a week though since I started. Like I've been really committed to the consistency of it, and I think that's really important. That's awesome. Is it yeah. a business as well? Now it is. It didn't start out that way. I did none it for of, many the, years. None of the best yeah. ones do. I never started I as a business either. I just wanted to do it because I, I was like, someone don't yeah. let me talk. <laughs> like, oh my god, I want to. And do it can go uh, anywhere. Yes, <laughs> and I can talk about what I wanted. When did it become a business for you? And not meaning that um, like you like, don't love it anymore. It's a business. But when were you yeah. able to monetize your passion? It it was we'd probably been doing it two and a half years, three years before we began to monetize it. And what was that like? The ads where people were like, hey, can I put an ad on your show? Yeah, well, it was around the time where everyone was trying to figure out like what the model was, right? Um, and certain people who'd reached a certain level with their audience were monetizing with ads. And I just it just took me a long time before that would even be a reality. So when I kind of to get started to get into that category, the ecosystem around advertising had matured a little bit. So yeah. it wasn't just Fleshlight. You know, there were like <laughs> there were actually some other companies that were doing it. Um, but again, back to being Fleshlight yeah. into the, the pioneer. Back to the pioneer <laughs> days. The um, so when was there ever a moment where you were like, oh, do I want this to become? monetized like we i remember when me and scott first down sat down to do smodcast we were like this will never be a business because this is our fun like this is our Mm -hmm. hobby so let's not let it become work and then one day it was like oh we can make money from just talking to each other like this is a business 
Um, there was a moment where I was like, do we do it? Because we said we'd never do it. But it, thankfully, it came from Scott. Scott instigated. He was like, I need to make money fast. How can mm-hmm. I do that? And he was like, I need 10 grand. And I was like, we, could, we can go do Smodcast live. And, he was, and we'd always joke about like doing that in front of people. He's like, I could never see doing that. And suddenly, it was like, all right, let's try mm-hmm. it. So, you know, we'd done ads on the podcast, and that was, I guess, our first monetization. But that paid for server costs. Like, what I found the true profitability of podcasting was, for me, was they were free commercials for our live shows. Yeah. So, essentially, you're listening to the show, and you're like, sounds like a good time. Oh, my God, they're coming to my neck of the woods? I'm going to go see that show. And that's where the true monetization came in for me. But now we're in a marketplace where people are buying podcasts. People are paying people, like no bullshit six to seven fucking figures to do or as we all know based on the joe rogan story mm-hmm. spotify it, it gave him a lot of fucking money to go yeah. exclusive like i've watched podcasts go from like this is fucking fun anybody can do this to like now people are like if you want to prove this sitcom as a concept you'll go do it as a podcast build an audience and then come yeah. it back and we'll talk like it's become the cornerstone of the industry now you can't not monetize a podcast beyond a certain point once you get an audience. So was there ever a moment where you were like, cause you're a fucking pure individual, man. You're what you're like, did you ever see being there? That, that fucking yeah. Hal Ashby yeah. movie, your chance. You're the guy who at the end of the movie is like walking on air, literally walking on water and stuff. Was there a moment for you? You are, you're a good person, man. You got a good soul, good, good, pure guy. Was there a moment for you where you were like, I don't know if I want this to become a business or were you like, Fuck yeah, I want to be vegan for a living. I was so happy when it got to the point where it could turn into a business. You have no fucking <laughs> <laughs> Like I wanted it. Yeah. I wanted it more than the Iron no, Man. We were broke. You know, it was it was like go back and be a lawyer at a law firm or you better figure this thing out. Right, so right. when it got to the point where we could actually put together a little bit of money doing it, it was a huge relief. And I just doubled down and committed to it. Not that I wanted the commercialization of it to undermine the message of what I was doing, right. but more so that I could put food on the table and so that I could continue to do it and pursue it and grow it and you know develop it so that it could you know benefit other people. So I was thrilled. Does the law ever come in handy now at this stage in your life, other than bit. like contractual maybe or something like that? Or were you even a contract lawyer? No, I was I was a litigator for many years and then I was an entertainment lawyer. So, yeah, definitely. It definitely comes into play. Like I was an entertainment lawyer in independent film space. Like I've been to Sundance and worked with filmmakers over the years. And so, so that would be helpful in terms yeah. of the, it becoming a business as well. A little bit, yeah. then you get into bit. the world of contracts and stuff like bit. that. What has been your favorite – moment that has come not on the podcast or maybe on the podcast but what is from doing rich roll podcast what is the highlight the one where you know if you fucking go to heaven and saint peter's like before you come into heaven you gotta tell me your favorite fucking memory right now kevin and <laughs> right now. this is that the moment this is the- <laughs> what was the moment when you were like oh my god like i never imagined it would go oh there's here. there's a lot of crazy stories because i literally started it in like a warehouse in hawaii when we were living in a yurt and i thought our house was going to get repossessed like i when i tell you i was broke i was broke right, and right. i couldn't see my way forward um so there's been so many instances of like, pinch me, I can't believe this is happening. You know, yeah. going to your house was a big moment for me. 
Um, it was so very cool. Sweet. But I've gotten, you know, I went to I went to Jack Dorsey's house in San Francisco, the the you know the CEO of Twitter, and got to yeah. interview. Like I've had cool moments like that where you get to sit down vegan? with people. No, but he's super into like health and right, right, right. He's big into intermittent fasting. Is he really? Um, he's a thin guy too. So I've had lots of moments where I've, you know, the opportunity, like doors open where you get to talk to people that, you know, I never thought I would have an opportunity to talk to. And that's like a blessing and also a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Some of the highlights also for me have been finding that person that no one's ever, that's not a celebrity, just some average human being who did something amazing that I feel strongly like more people need to know about this person mm. and being able to, somebody, yeah, uplifting somebody, being able to shine a spotlight on them and, ex and let them tell their story to it. And, and then seeing the response to that is really super gratifying. Um, you started the podcast and then began and then re used it to grow your live shows. We did our first live show last year. Like I waited, you know, like, but we did a, we did a big, we had like, 1200 people in this how was it theater. where'd you do it where'd you do it at the um what's the name of that theater the the, the ebell the wilshire ebell yeah we did it oh. at the wilshire ebell which is a beautiful theater and I, what I, was the idea how did you how did you structure the show differently for an audience um or did you, you i mean just, i like, got I up to same well people? i had i had my friend in get up and do a spoken word poem and my my sons who are musicians played some music you made a family affair um, never work with your kids affair. nepotism is a terrible yeah, terrible yeah, yeah. thing <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, well, did you one find of whom yourself dated one of the spawn ranch girls by the way we'll talk about that later. really yeah oh my god <laughs> uh, what yeah how wild yeah. wait so did you um wait now i'm lost wait wait you Hold dated on. a girl who no, no, no 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 my stepson so my son. wife has two boys from a previous marriage mm -hmm. that live with us they're, they're 25 and 23 yeah oh um, my gosh i want to know and was, they what brief they will you tell me after yeah i will <laughs> they were connected to somebody at this moment uh so no tyler my stepson dated one of the actresses oh the, in the, the movie from the movie yeah listen yeah. this inside shit <laughs> i know, I know. Uh, but wait i gotta I, I got <laughs> ask this question so when you were in front of 1200 people doing your show did you find yourself playing to the audience like you have to change the dynamic suddenly you have yeah. a bunch of people who are there and they're happy to see you so everything you said that's even mildly amusing you're suddenly going to hear echoed back with laughter and appreciation in a way that you're probably not used to dealing with on a regular basis it was never it was a live show. it was an unusual experience and a new experience for gratifying me. or gratifying terrifying and also a learning experience like my idea was I had Paul Hawken, who's this amazing environmentalist, come on and be my guest. So we the, the focus was on like that conversation. And right. I played it as if we were doing what we're doing right now and wasn't as conscious of the fact that there was an audience there to try to include them in right. that. And even though I got up and did, you know, said a few words beforehand, um, you know, I didn't I, I feel like I have a lot to learn about how to be more of a show person in that context because that's not you know what I'm as skilled at like right, that for right. you you're doing that all the time and the idea was we do the show in LA and then use it as a test case to set up a tour for this year Smart. which we were doing but then COVID everything, like, fell, you know, apart. Yeah, everything fell apart for that um, it is uh, it's a dynamic that does change because suddenly you're like well it's awfully quiet right. and like you feel this primal instinctual need to break the silence with like unifying moments and the easiest way to do that is laughter 
So if somebody says something funny, even in the midst of a serious mm. discussion, that lets the audience go like, ah, and, and yeah. that is a, that's a tonic. That's, you know, that's, you can get addicted to that fucking quick. Yeah, for sure. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. It's, Cannot live without. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, why would we do it not in front of an audience? Yeah. I, have um, a, I have a question. Um, what do you, what do you eat when you train like that? And when you're doing races like that, what does your diet look like? I'm so curious and amazed that you have done that. It's, <laughs> it's not, it's not that sexy. I mean, one of the things about that kind of training is the more you do it, the more you acclimate to it. So then it's not that draining. Like, so you get to a point where you're so fit, like going out and doing these crazy long, it's like, it, it would be the equivalent of going out and doing a normal person's five mile run. So you just, and yeah, you you just lost both of us. Yeah, We're like, no, what do you mean a normal yeah. person runs five miles? All right. Are anyway. they being chased by a killer? What I'm saying is people think like, oh, if you're doing that, you must just be eating all the time. And to, to, to a certain extent, yeah, you, your appetite is larger. So you're eating more mm. volume. But I eat popper food. It's like rice and beans, vegan burritos all day long. My wife's mm. an amazing cook. So she's made it a lot easier. But, you know, lots of like vegan lasagna and tons of potatoes. And when I'm training, I try to not do all the sugary, you know, colored drinks and gels and stuff like that. I try to stick mm. to real food. Um, so lots of dates, coconut water. There's certain like sports drinks that I'll use that are lower yeah. in sugar level and stuff like that. But bananas, potatoes, like if you just have like, like a sweet potato. Um, high in carbohydrate, easy to digest. So when you're riding your bike, like you can get a, if you have like a sweet potato in a, in a, in a little baggie or whatever, you can eat. It's almost like a gel. Like it's very easy to digest and mm. gives you that energy boost. Mm. So. Wow. Basic stuff. So. Are you ready to to train and we can go? On? Yeah, I accepted a long this time ago. I have limitations in life, and boy, that you know. I mean, when you describe you're out in running all the time, man. Walking, running, Canyon is not like you described a three day marathon in hell. Like the first day alone, I was like, wait. But so then after you it's, after it's, you swim, you rant. You, it's the frog and it's the frog in warm water that you boil it slowly in. Like if if somebody had told you ten years ago that yeah. you would be vegan for two years and you'd be going up and down running all the time, you would have thought that person that's was true. insane. True. And this is Very just true. your normal, right? Very true. That's so just that's so mind. And that's something to harness right there. Say it again because that's a useful piece of information. Which part? The frog in the water. Yeah. So when you reflect back on where you were 10 years ago, mm -hmm. you can see the vast difference in how you're living your life. But on a day-to-day -day basis, as human beings, we very easily acclimate to our surroundings and we just feel normal in that. And we lose sight of just how much we've changed. We need other people to reflect that back onto us, just like I did for you, mm -hmm. right? So when people say, oh my God, how do you go out and do those crazy races or train? It's like, I built that house over a long time and a lot of effort and, you know, consistently showing up for my training and patience and all of those things. So that by the time I got there, it didn't seem like that big of a deal. Laird Hamilton goes out and surfs these gigantic waves. And for him, that's just normal, right? right. But that didn't happen overnight. He surfed the two foot wave and then the two and a half foot wave and the three foot wave. And he inched his way towards that um, you know, towards those huge waves so that when he's there, he feels comfortable in that environment. And I think it's the same, whether it's your journey with 
health and fitness and diet and all the like and, you know, how you've grown into this, you know, ethical perspective on the choices that we make as consumers. Like we forget that there's a growth curve that led us to that point. And we also forget when we're in that space that other people aren't, they're like, you're like, wait, there's people out there eating animal products still? Like I forgot because I surround myself with people like yourselves. So we have to remember that we're not all, you know, seeing this the same way and that we're all having our own experiences. Last question. There's uh, people listening to this show, presumably, or people like I'm teetering on the fence. What is the easiest way for somebody to start a vegan path? Probably if somebody's vegan curious, they're definitely been a vegetarian at this mm-hmm. point. They're not going to go zero to 60. Right. So assume that you're talking with cats mm-hmm. who are like on the fence and already like, well, I fuck with some cheese and but I also fuck with salad as well. What would be the best way for a cat, the first steps, the first foods to step away from yeah. a meat-based, dairy-based, animal food product-based diet? I have two strategies. Okay. And it depends on what kind of person you are. If you're an all or none person, if you're that guy who's like, I'm in, and then you're just in 100%, mm-hmm. if you identify with that kind of mentality, then I would say to you, do it for 30 days, man. Get rid of the animal products mm-hmm. for 30 days. Go fully plant-based. If after 30 days you don't like it, you can go back to eating your shitty food. It's fine. You know, yeah. but like, how <laughs> are you like going to know? Well. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Like go, you know, how are you going to know the difference if you don't experience it for yourself? And a month Have is that long experience enough for them you to, can speak. to Yeah, I think it? in a month you'll know. Right. Um, and, and, you know, uh, that doesn't mean you have to do it perfectly, but I'm just saying like commit to that and see how it goes. That's it. So that's the one type. So that's the one type. The other person who's like, you know, not that kind of all or nothing person. I would say to that person a couple things. First of all, um, focus less on what you're not eating. Like, don't worry about like all the things that you're not going to get to eat or that you're removing and focus on the things that you're adding to your plate. Like try to treat Mm -hmm. it like a fun adventure, like an experiment, an experience in trying new foods. Just like, hey, let's go to the Ethiopian restaurant and eat something I've never eaten before. Like treat your meals in your own home in the same way and make it fun and light. It doesn't have to be this heavy thing. Second thing I would say is um, don't let uh, perfection be the enemy of progress. Like don't hold yourself to some standard you're not going to be able to live up to. I think what happens with a lot of people who want to explore this lifestyle is they try it, they're in for two weeks, and then they have a weak moment where they face plant in a pint of Haagen-Dazs one night or whatever, and they mm-hmm. just think, well, that was too hard, and they just give up. But those are just experiences that give you information. Like, that's okay, just what's the next right choice, you know, and try to build on those um, choices to Ooh, move forward. Good. What's the next right choice? That's yeah. a way to put that's it. That's what my, my, my friend was saying that in, in reference in a reference to be, being an ally um, for Black Lives Matter. And he said, just do the next right thing. Like you, you can't expect yourself to be perfect, but you can try just to continue to do the next right yeah. thing. Make the next that's right good choice. Advice. Smart. Rich, thank you for entering, for having the balls to enter the vegan abattoir. <laughs> you've sl- you've abattoir. slaughtered some misinformation for us. <laughs> yes. So we appreciate it's it. It's an honor you. to be here. Thank you. Um, where <laughs> can they it. find your podcast other than everywhere? Do you uh, got a website you want to yeah, send them to? The Rich Roll Podcast everywhere, richroll.com for all my stuff, at Rich Roll on all the social channels. And the book? Uh, book is Finding Ultra. We got cookbooks, The Plant Power Way, Plant Power Way Italia. Uh, my wife wrote a vegan 
cheese book called This Cheese is Nuts, Whoa. which you can check out. Oh, and that's a great title. She, I got to send you guys. She's got her, she just started her own uh, vegan cheese line company oh called Shrimu. I'll send you guys some. Where is she vending? Where is she um, we ha- She's got a commercial kitchen in downtown. Yeah, it's a I subscription box model. It's called Shrimu. Really? really? Yeah. So S-R-I-M-U dot com to learn more about and that. And she's fucking with nuts and making her own cheeses. She is fucking with nuts. That's <laughs> tremendous. That's awesome. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Wasn't he great? He's so, so like humble and down to earth. He's so sweet, man. He, he makes, he's the kind of guy where you leave a conversation with him and you're like, I'm not doing enough. I know. I'm not, I wish I could be that good. Especially and, and, about his races. I, just, I know, that's fucking, like, never mind, like he went plant based and shit. Motherfucker could do like 19 marathons. How? I, I How? Plant power. <laughs> uh, I've been plant powered for four years. I yeah. cannot do that. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> uh, I guess it takes a little more than plant power. But he certainly uh, seems to be a dedicated individual. Once he dials into something, uh, it becomes his thing. And there he is right now, landing his helicopters, <laughs> taking off from our house. Goodbye, Bye, Rich Roll. Rich. <laughs> <laughs> He's off to the Rich Roll jet. <laughs> Uh, where he travels, spans the globe, talking <laughs> veganism. Um, he's awesome, and I thank Rich Foll uh, for coming on our podcast. That's legit. That's a legit guest right there, man. That's I feel pretty cool about it. And way to like that's a second show. Like now, mm-hmm. fucking, we're gonna drop the ball on three for sure. Because <laughs> where do you go from there, man? Like he's one of the world's most famous fucking vegans and shit. I guess we could shoot for Joaquin Phoenix. Well, I he doesn't like to be interviewed. Can he you might, imagine? Might, I kind of interviewed him a little bit when we went to that Mercy for I know. Dinner. You were like, so. <laughs> so you got to tell me some shit. <laughs> um, yeah. He was. Uh, I'll never forget. It was so strange. We were sitting outside chit-chatting. He was smoking a cigarette. And then your mom came out. Like Jen joined us. And we were having a, a combo, And he was talking to her and stuff. And he like put his hands. Both hands. <laughs> in the waistbands of his pants. <laughs> But not like I'm playing with my dick, but just <laughs> rested them there, like in this very farmer fashion. <laughs> it was so strange. I'm like, I know this is like mercy for animals and farm to table and shit, but like, you don't have to stand like a farmer, do you? He's so iconic. He's awesome. There's there's a video that I watch um, a few times a week on YouTube called like Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix being chaotic for seven minutes straight. Or something. <laughs> it's just like a compilation of all his interviews and like accepting awards, and he's so uncomfortable and doesn't give one fuck. And it's so awesome. He's incredibly <laughs> earnest, man. Um, I remember when I talked to him, I was was just like look i know you've done a zillion things man but i saw i've been watching you since you were like uh in parenthood that was like his first movie when he was still what was it leaf phoenix wasn't even going by Joaquin at that point um yeah man well i will we'll never get him but i don't know if the chances are high maybe maybe season two yeah, or <laughs> oh my god what do you mean season two you think these things have seasons no, i kind of did but as i just said that i realized you've never stopped no, once you turn I, the podcast oh machine god. on it just goes and i've goes always and assumed goes. it'd be a season to season thing and Look, as i said show. that i realized it's not it. It's your show. You can make anything you want. So you could totally be like, we're only doing 10 and then that's season one and then we'll do season two. You can, you Why make the I rules. Why do have to sound like that? That's your voice. That's not like my voice. Um, it's, that's the beauty of podcasting, kiddo. It's not what anybody says it has to be. 
It can be whatever the fuck you want. So if you're like, let us do a certain amount as a season and then we take a break and then we come back and we do more. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I have to sound like that? I don't know if I can do. You want me to try to do your real voice? I'll go back to it. Oh, my dad's about version. to die. Can you, can you uh, sound like this? How <laughs> dare you? Um, um, there our it is, friendship kids. just ended. Yeah, this might be the end of Vegan Abattoir. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good run. <laughs> two episodes. Episode two. We got two out of this motherfucker. Two and done. Um, we're legends. We're like a one and done band. Um, boy, oh boy, we hope you're having as good a time listening as we are uh, chit-chatting mm-hmm. to one another. Um, and, but we're going to stop chit chatting one another. So all good things come to win. And our second episode is done. Congratulations, kiddo. Thank you. So you've done two, two of something. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I mean, I'm not saying she what does an that. accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, two podcasts, man. And like, you've been diligent about it and like checking in on it and stuff. She was very into the debut of the podcast. Like, did, did you know we was number two into food? I got story? really quickly addicted to checking the ratings <laughs> did you it's something i check like in the past few days if i check instagram i then right after check our ratings on apple Podcast. she came and kicked my door up she was like oh man our ratings are dropping <laughs> i know i'm like you God. better tweet you fucker <laughs> i ain't going under number two i, I, I don't know i I was really excited. It was like, I just didn't really. I think I was too in the beginning. <laughs> 13 years ago when I started. I do have screenshots of the uh, first times like we were ever on the charts. Back then it was like so easy to chart. Like, because there weren't, it wasn't like as many podcasts as there are now. So when you told me we charted, I was actually fucking surprised. I... I'm like, holy shit. Anybody gives a shit now? Like. You know, but that was kind of sweet. I cannot believe that anyone would want to listen to my voice for an hour or like <laughs> care what I say. So I'm pretty shocked. Well, I mean, give <laughs> a minute because that was just episode one. So now they've heard it, they might be like, "Here's our thoughts, Fuck you <laughs> and your stupid father." You're all oh my idiots. god, we did actually. <laughs> there was heckle. There was, was heckle. There was some there negative was... comment. Okay, so for like, <laughs> oh no. I'm exposing myself for like 30 of the first reviews. Yeah. Every rating was five stars mm. for like the first 30. And then someone rated us a three. And I was like, who not, did this? Not bad. Three yeah, is, but it wasn't a five. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Where did you get your high standards it was, from? It was, the toilet. it was going to ruin my reputation of a five-star podcast. And then <laughs> the someone rated it. Existed for four days. <laughs> no, no. It existed for like 12 hours. <laughs> that was even true. And then someone gave us a four-star. And I was like, who's doing this? <laughs> normal people who are like it's good good enough well because they won't leave comments and say why oh they didn't there's no tail to no tell. it was just a three and a four and why not a five what's Bro, stopping you were there any zero stars no i mean you <laughs> precious little first kid. wait until the real haters come out where they're like fuck you to death <laughs> I'm eating a hundred pounds of meat tonight. I experience that like every single day on my you see, Instagram. You'll be used to it. <laughs> um, yeah, man, your generation was just 
forged in the mm-hmm. fucking fires of hateful internet commentary. So yep. I guess you'll be used to it and stuff. I'm but pretty. Although fucking softy, you're like, we got three stars. Three. Well, can you believe it? I Anybody who says something this straight up mean to me, I can take. And I, it's whatever. Say what you will. But if somebody's like, I think you're mediocre. You're like, what the? It's like they don't say why. Why am I mediocre? What makes it mediocre? <laughs> How can I improve? I was so deeply offended that they didn't leave a comment as to explaining why. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest with you. All I hear in this story is how I failed as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hill you want to die. I in. just want ne- three stars. <laughs> I'll find you and I will kill you. Isn't that what happens in your movie? <laughs> yeah, James, strike back. You are living a nineteen-year-old joke. <laughs> I literally am going to people's houses and asking why. I'm, I'm shocked there were five fucking star ratings because if anyone was coming to the show going like veganism, man, yeah. And then they come here and they're like, my boyfriend often was in off. He was, he was in. Why do I have a lisp now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm workshopping a character. I'm trying to mouthstreep this shit. Next time we sit down, when I do you, I'm going to put in false teeth to do this. What the fuck? Just for the fuck of it. Just to change my appearance. Um, it's, uh, I'm glad you care. That means you'll keep doing it. I'll tell you what. If they were all zero star reviews and they were like, go fuck yourself, you probably would have fucking slunk into this office and been like, well, I'm going to fucking be big abattoir. <laughs> that sounds You'd probably like- stop thinking about being vegan. You're like, I'm going back to meat. <laughs> fuck the world. It sounded like when the, when the, in the parents and the peanuts talk. Well, there it is. You hear it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, your kind words. Make or break her fucking day. It's true. But as I am. Um... <laughs> oh, my God. That's the one thing I wish I wouldn't pass on to you. No. The need for approval from total strangers. But anywho, um, just to bring up the record. You're looking up? Oh, my God. She's actually looking we have... up. <laughs> this is so gross. We have... I've been in podcasting 13 years. I've never seen something this gross. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I'm looking at my own numbers. Look at the numbers. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> the records show that we have one three-star rating, one four-star rating, but 37 five-star rating. 37? Which is your number. Brand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's so funny. Um, I can't believe we have no twos, ones, or zeros. Hey, don't, don't jinx it, please. Uh, <laughs> maybe they're waiting until episode two. No, they'll, look, totally. they'll get away with it because of Rich Roll, but like, you know, boy, we got to keep delivering. Man. We got to keep delivering. It's it's a lot of pressure. A lot of people like the first episode. So you just got to keep doing that over and over. How can you guarantee excellence? You got to listen to the first episode over and over and be like, all right, these are the elements. These are the elements that everyone is. Why am I giving you all this? <laughs> I'm turning you into Gertie for me, too. I'm wondering Alligator why. Than the third. <laughs> um, well, we're glad you came back for episode two. If you're like, you know what? I gave it two tr- episode, two tries and fuck you both. Thanks for hanging out <laughs> as long as you did. If you like more of this silliness, come back for episode three, man. When uh, a girl and her dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a girl. And her and her, that's our new t- tagline. A girl and her dad. <laughs> that needs to be the tagline. <laughs> oh my god, we because I was thinking we need to make an Instagram and that could be our bio. For the vegan abattoir. Yeah, for the vegan abattoir. A separate Instagram? Yeah. It's only What are you gonna put up there? Every week when we put when we put up our new episode. Psst. 
Wouldn't it make more sense to appeal to the 275,000 <laughs> no, fans you already have rather than starting from scratch and being like, I've let 20 people know who follow Vegan Habitual on Instagram that a new episode is up. Just to start a new, my band has a, its own page. Yeah. And so I just feel like I want to make Vegan Habitual. Uh, I, I think that's adorable. I think most young folks or people who are not business uh, veterans or very savvy probably would um. think... <laughs> Probably think that's good. Uh, a good like idea. Passive aggressive <laughs> comment. <laughs> uh, but the smart money knows that you don't uh, create new social media for each venture if you have a very dominant social media presence already. And, and I don't mean dominant. Like I beat everybody, but we got a pretty big social media imprint already. I got one. You got one already. So if we started Vegan Abattoir, the Instagram, you know, uh, it takes. Um, fucking months before you're like and now we're at 2000 but i want but i want it, the put it on i want the tagline to be a girl and her dad <laughs> put that on your own instagram people are like really that's your bio <laughs> <laughs> i just screeched i know that would be so cringy <laughs> austin might be like i don't know if i can go out with you <laughs> A girl and her dad. Oh, what the this fuck? joke's gone too far. A girl and her dad. That's so weird. <laughs> that was the original name of the podcast. <laughs> a girl and her dad. And I was like, can we go with vegan abattoir? <laughs> uh, speaking of vegan abattoir, vegan abattoir is <laughs> an end, ladies and gentlemen. The end of episode two. God willing, one day we get to episode 500 and people will be like, remember <gasps> wow. episode two? They were so confident. <laughs> It's like that SNL sketch. Like, we were so arrogant. <laughs> we only had one three-star rating. <laughs> yeah, <back then. laughs> oh my god, um, you're adorable. <laughs> three-star rating sticks in your craw. Holy shit! Do you have high standards? Uh, there it is, kids. Uh, we went green, and uh, you listen. And now, <laughs> wow, process that information. If you're sitting on the fence. Come on over and join us on the plant-based side just for a little while. Nobody's saying give up everything you got, change your life completely. Give it two weeks. See how you feel. See if it makes you feel any better. Did you hear what Rich Roll did? Nobody's asking you to do that. It's true. Fucking Ironman decathlons mm-hmm. and shit and triathlons and biathlons. I all certainly those cannot do that. It's nuts, man. I, I'm so fucking unnerving when I look at them, too. I'm like, that's what you're supposed to look like at my age? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is possible oh my god. <laughs> i guess with plants anything did you know that he was like at one time maybe he still is one of the top 25 most fit men in the united, in the united states, states yeah. can you imagine being the 25th most fit person i can't imagine being in the top 25 of anything <laughs> Other than like most 25 hated directors. <laughs> uh, that is pretty damn impressive, man. Imagine having that title. That's just such a wild thing. Um, yeah. But, but although it begs people to be like 25, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like I made the list. Fuck you. Like, yeah, but it's the so end of the list. <laughs> um, good for him. He's amazing, man. Rich roll. Thanks. Rich Roll. Thank you, Rich Roll. Thank, Rich Roll. Thank you, Rich Roll, for being our guest on episode two. Um, if the ratings go up, we got to get him on every episode. <laughs> and then he's true. like, I have my own podcast. I know. <laughs> like, just be on ours. It's like I did it once. So. Yeah, you get one a year. Uh, there it is, man. Uh, for Vegan Abattoir, I, uh, I'm i Kevin Smith. And I'm Harley Quinn Smith. And now we're here to say, get out of our Vegan Abattoir.